0: Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 94, Permanent Weight Loss. Today I want to talk to you about the desire that we have for permanent weight loss and it's important because I think that many of us have a perception of what achieving permanent weight loss should be like or we have at least an idea of what we want it to be and The reality is often a little different and knowing the reality so that we can prepare for it as a part of our weight loss journey is going to help you set yourself up for success and reach a version of permanent weight loss, even though it may not be the version that you thought it was, but it will still be a version that will absolutely work for you. Now, approximately four years ago, I reached my lowest ever weight since 2006, which was the point that I had reached my lowest ever weight since 1995. I consider the weight that I lost during 2017 and 2018 to be permanent, even though I am heavier now than I was at my lowest point. So let me tell you a little more about this. When I previously lost weight through dieting, there would always be a point where I got to the lowest weight that I was going to get to with that diet, and then I would regain the weight and continue gaining more weight always until I was heavier than I had ever been before until I went on the next diet. So in 2006, when I got to the lowest weight that I, that I had been for 21 years, I stayed at that lowest weight for one day, and I regained about two stone in about two months. This was my result from doing a very restrictive, very low-calorie diet, the bars and shakes kind of diet. Now, since I lost weight back in 2017-2018, over the last About four years ago. So for the last four years, my weight has fluctuated within a range of about 14 pounds. But it's a comfortable fluctuation, as far as the gains and losses happen quite naturally. I don't feel fear when the weight increases, and then have to sort of, in inverted commas, knuckle down and work really hard to get control back. So this is what I would imagine it might have felt like based on my previous diet experiences. I might have previously thought that when I gained some weight, I would sort of go into that panic mode and either work really hard and manage to get it back down. Or I would, what would happen is what had happened previously when I'd done diets, that I just didn't manage to do that and ended up gaining weight. Whereas now I can gain a few pounds and then don't really notice it and then it comes back off again quite naturally. Okay, now my reason for sharing this with you is because it's not how I imagined permanent weight loss would be when I spent those years and decades before dieting. I had a vision of permanent weight loss that would have meant me getting to my lowest weight ever and then probably sticking to within three pounds of it. This is what I would have called a sort of a perfectionist fantasy version of permanent weight loss. Because the truth is, at least the truth is for me, when I eat certain foods or travel, or indulge in food and drink, and I want to do that, that I don't normally eat on weekends, maybe if I go, don't normally eat sort of during the week or whatever, don't don't normally eat, but if I go for a, away for a weekend, I might want to, I can easily gain four pounds over that weekend. Now, I now know that that weight is due to inflammation and water retention, and that I didn't gain four pounds of fat overnight. But it goes to show that for some of us, a small weight range, as a definition of permanent weight loss is not realistic or it might feel like putting too much pressure on ourselves. It's important for me to have a permanent weight loss, weight range that allows me the flexibility to have the relationship with food that I want to have. And for me, this is not restricting myself to eat only for fuel and nourishment, but to get the balance right between eating for fuel and nourishment and comfort and pleasure. And you can do this too, you can decide what permanent weight loss looks like and means for you. You get to create your own permanent weight loss story too. You get to define your parameters and you get to create the story that you want. Now, if you're at the beginning of your weight loss journey, that may not seem believable, or it may seem that, actually, I will worry about that when I get there, but it doesn't work quite like that. And what I want you to know is that all of the things that you do on your weight loss journey will help determine what permanent weight loss looks like for you. And so today, what I want to do is share with you five things that you can be doing, five approaches that you can be taking right now, no matter where you are on your weight loss journey, no matter if you've just started or if you're close to being at the weight that you want to be, you can be doing five things that are going to help you manage your weight for life and create permanent weight loss for you. And I'm going to tell you what these five things are, and then I'm going to talk about them in more detail. So the five things are embrace being intentional about what you eat for life. And it might be helpful to see it as self-care. Number two, create a better relationship with the scales and yourself. Number three, get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Number four, eat to live and don't live to eat. And number five, understand that you're always going to be learning through making mistakes and failing. And when we're working at losing weight, that normally looks like overeating or emotionally eating. And that is a good thing. Okay, so let me talk through each of those in detail. So number one, embrace being intentional about what you eat for life. Now, because many of us have experienced dieting as a miserable and depriving experience, it's no wonder that some of us, when we approach weight loss, uh, see it as something that we're willing to tolerate for a period of time to get the desired result. But with a view that when we have that result, we can go back to, And then it's a kind of sort of like fill in the blank, whatever it is that you want to go back to. So for some of you, you might tell yourself that you'll go back to living your life or you'll go back to not depriving yourself or you'll go back to enjoying treat foods or you'll go back to not having to think so much to pay so much attention to what you're eating. And even though you may be talking to yourself about making lifelong change, if you're in the academy or following along and applying what I share on the podcast to your life, It can be easy to consciously or unconsciously fall into that way of thinking that even though you're looking at making lifelong change and figuring out how you want to eat for life, there are still some things that you're looking forward to not doing, starting to do or doing differently when you've got to your goal weight. And I really encourage you to check in with yourself and see if this is true for you, to see if you're effectively waiting for your weight loss journey to be over. If you are, it's really good to know that because it's a sign that you have the opportunity to learn something about what is going on for you. And you have the opportunity to learn how to embrace being intentional about what you eat for life. You see, as you've probably heard me say before, you have to lose your weight the way in which you want to live for life and that isn't just about the foods that you're eating it's about who you are being in your relationship with food okay and that means whilst you're living your life so you have you have to live your life whilst you're working at losing weight and you have to do lose weight without depriving yourself you want to lose weight by enjoying exception foods and meals you want to lose weight paying attention to what you eat in a way that feels easy and good And you don't want it to feel like it's a problem or too challenging or too difficult and taking up too much mental energy. If it does, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means that you have an opportunity to look at how you're doing it, how you're thinking about it, what's going on for you. And then you have an opportunity to shift and change something there. Okay. And the way to figure out what this looks like for you is to be aware of how you're thinking and feeling and what you're doing at the point where you are right now on your weight loss journey. So ask yourself, What part of this would feel like a burden if I was doing it for life? Write down your answers and then be curious about them. And if you're in the Academy, come and share those with us in the Facebook group and we can help you work through what's coming up for you. Learning how to embrace being intentional about what you eat and seeing that as self-care is an important part of you setting yourself up for permanent weight loss success. And I promise it's possible. Being intentional about what you eat can feel empowering and liberating. It can be akin to trusting yourself and knowing that you get to choose to have whatever you want and trusting yourself to decide what you want with your future self in mind. Okay, now the second one is create a better relationship with the scales and yourself. Now, it's imperative that you get comfortable seeing the numbers on the scale fluctuate without making those fluctuations mean anything about you. And this can be a tricky one to overcome. Some of you may find it emotionally unbearable to stand on the scales and see the numbers. You avoid doing it to protect yourself. So it's important that you don't push yourself into standing on the scales if it feels incredibly uncomfortable. But it's equally important to do the work to shift your mindset around how you feel when you do stand on the scales, whether you're practicing seeing those numbers or not. So many of you will have a pattern of eating that is impacted by whether the numbers on the scale go up or down. Some of you will eat more when you have lost weight to reward yourself or because you think you can get away with it. Some of you will not. overeat when the numbers go down because you think it's working so you'll carry on eating as you have been because you think that will help you to lose weight. Some of you will eat less when the numbers go up because you're telling yourself you have to either rein it in and some of you will hate yourself for letting the numbers on the scales go up and the only way that you know to escape that emotion of self-loathing is to eat so you overeat. For some of you, it might even be that you eat against yourself as a form of punishment because you allowed yourself to gain weight. And some of you may do all of these things like I did. Okay, so for some of you, as I said, weighing yourself or seeing the numbers on the scales may bring up some form of trauma. It may be trauma from your childhood, maybe because your parents or a doctor monitored your weight when you were little. Maybe some of you have trauma from going to weighing clubs. If it's, so to slimming clubs, sorry, where you were weighing in. If it's too uncomfortable to get on the scales, I suggest you start with journaling about what you're making the number that is your weight mean. It's effectively your gravitational pull on the earth, nothing more and nothing less. And it says nothing about your self-worth. Finding neutrality around the scales is important for permanent weight loss because you're going to want to be comfortable not responding to small increases and decreases in your weight with a gut response of changing how you're eating. All right, number three, get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. So the third one is get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. Okay, so what do I mean by this? What I mean by this is that we need to get comfortable as humans in the world feeling negative emotion. We need to know that feeling a negative emotion does not mean that something has gone wrong or that we shouldn't be doing something. Feeling negative emotions is a part of the human experience. It's impossible to avoid negative emotion. So the more comfortable you can be feeling it, the less negative emotion you experience because you don't layer the discomfort of the first emotion with another emotion. And this is important because if you tend to overeat, many of the reasons for your overeating will be to avoid feeling a negative emotion. You eat rather than stay sitting at your desk working because it feels boring or uncomfortable to do so because you're experiencing the mundaneness of it or the tedium of it or maybe you're judging yourself for not having done it better or finishing it earlier so you go to the fridge and escape yourself to get a break from yourself and your work. And in this situation, the more comfortable you can be feeling bored or fed up or apathetic or or even judgmental about the work you're doing, without making it mean anything, the less frequently you will feel the need to get up from your desk and eat for the purpose of taking a break and avoiding work. And there are, of course, lots of other strategies you can use to help with this situation too. But whatever tools and tricks you learn to change what you do or shift how you're thinking, the skill of allowing yourself to experience what I would call low-level negative or uncomfortable emotion and not react to that emotion, will be incredibly useful to you. And if you're in the academy and want to dive deeper into this, then do check out the 19th of July call on feeling discomfort. Okay, number four is eat to live and not living to eat. So eating to live and not living to eat. Now, the concept of eating to live and not living to eat resonated with me when I first heard it quite some years ago, because I had fallen into the trap of living as though dinner was the highlight of my day. This was when I was a mum who believed that when I sat down to dinner, after the kids had gone to bed, so this is some years ago when they were really little, that was the only time that I got to relax and reward and to treat myself, and I did this with a glass of wine, dinner, and maybe something sweet afterwards. It was as if I was holding it all together during the day and only exhaled when I didn't have to hold it together for my boss or my work or my colleagues or my kids. And of course I learned to associate eating at the end of the day with relaxing. It wasn't even that I was having an amazing time having my dinner, it just didn't feel as hard or difficult as the rest of my day. And then as the children got older, that period of escaping myself and my life was still there. Even though it came later in the evening, it was then at that point probably at 9pm when I sat down to watch television with some sort of sweet snack. Again, I told myself it was the best part of my day, the only part of my day where I wasn't putting someone else before myself. But it wasn't really the highlight of my day. There wasn't that much that was that great about it. I was just escaping from whatever I thought was difficult about my life at that point. So when I think about the idea of eating to live and not living to eat, I think back to these days of dinner and evening snacks. And so to me, this concept of eating to live and not living to eat means a couple of things. First of all, it means taking better care of myself so that I don't have to have the excuse of food as a time out or treat for me. And also means creating a life that I love to live or loving the life I am living so that I loved my day and not the end of it when I was eating. And this was totally possible for me to do. There was absolutely, just let me be really clear, I had a great job, great kids and a great family and a great life. And there was lots about it that I loved. But for some reason, I was telling myself this story that it was really hard and difficult and feeling a little bit of a victim of my life rather than feeling, you know, capable and proud about, you know, how I was showing up and all the things that I was doing during my day to work and take, take care of the children. And if I had felt that way about it, I wouldn't have felt this need to escape my life and treat myself at the end of the day. Anyway, this isn't about having to change your life so that you can feel better about it. It's a mix of learning to appreciate the parts that are great about the life that you have, no matter your circumstances, and recognizing that no matter what life you live, it will always be part great and part not so great. It's about learning that how you feel on the day to day is far less about what you have or you don't have or doing or aren't doing, but instead is about who you are being, how you are showing up for yourself and your life. And as I say this, I'm thinking, you know, we all see famous people, whether they are famous as entertainers or sports people or business people chasing the next thing, believing that they will then finally feel as though they have the life that they want, whether that is to be more successful, have more money, to be more elite at their area of expertise. They chase what they think will make them happy and then they achieve it and then they realise they don't feel how they thought they would and so they chase the next thing, maybe until they burn out or they come to some realisation that what they're looking for isn't out there but it's something that they already have within themselves. And Will Smith talks about this in his recent book. And then, of course, having talked about it in his book and all about his failed attempts to win an an Academy Award, which was his dream. What does he do? But he goes and self-destructs and destroys the occasion. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that if you are or have been someone who finds food helps you to feel better, To relax to find comfort or joy or entertainment then learning how to find all of that within you and within your life will make it a whole load easier to manage your weight for life and it's one of the reasons why in the lose weight live life academy we don't just work on your relationship with food but we also work on your relationship with yourself and your life and if you're in the academy, check out the deep dive work that we did on this topic during the month of May. It's all there for you, the training and the workbook with the 21 days of daily work under the section deep dive work in the Academy portal. All right, so then the last one, number five, understanding that you're always going to be learning through making mistakes and failing and that that's a good thing. So this one is partly unlearning diet mentality and partly learning to live with a growth mindset. Now, author of Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, Carol Dweck, describes a growth mindset like this. In a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. Now, this view creates a love of learning and resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. Okay, so I talk more about this on podcast number 87 called The Benefit of Open Minded. But what this looks like when it comes to losing your weight and managing it for life is this, repeatedly doing the things that will help you to lose weight irrespective of how many times you mess up and importantly, what is happening with the number on the scales. Now this looks like you committing to doing things like deciding how you want to eat, making a plan each day, paying attention to your hunger levels, and then importantly, what you do when you eat differently to how you planned. And seeing that as an opportunity to learn, to not making it mean anything negative about you, to not altering how you eat the rest of that day or at the next meal, accepting it's exactly the process of learning. And I always like to think of it like surfing. You cannot learn to surf without falling off the surfboard whilst you're learning and you cannot figure out how you want to eat and what the relationship with food that works for you looks like without overeating. You cannot understand your current eating habits that led you to being overweight without overeating and learning from it. And the more you really embrace this and stop beating yourself up for eating differently to how you want to be eating, the easier it will be to manage your weight for life. Now, I mentioned that for many of you, this will require overcoming diet mentality. And this is because historically, when following a diet, we considered that we were doing it right or being good if we ate according to the diet plan or being wrong or being even going naughty if we didn't. And some of us have learned to associating eating differently to how we planned with feeling like a failure or feeling shame. And as a consequence, many of us have developed a pattern of behavior that looks like us either trying drastically to make up for any off plan eating or by either restricting ourselves, which can sometimes feel like punishment, the rest of the day or week, or We go totally the other way and think that because we failed and ruined it, we may as well eat all of the things we aren't allowed on the diet. And unlearning all of these behaviors is an important part of creating permanent weight loss. And actually, it's so important that I'm going to talk more about this and go into a lot deeper detail on next week's podcast episode. Okay, so that's some insight into five things you can do right now, no matter where you are on your weight loss journey, to make progress with your permanent weight loss goal. To help you become the person who manages her weight permanently for life and what i would love you to do next is pick one of those five areas for you to work on right away so here are those five areas again and i'm also going to give you one small example of a next step commitment you can make to start changing your relationship with food okay so number one was embracing being intentional about what you eat for life now a quick win for this one may be noticing when you tell yourself you can't have something and remember instead and say back to yourself actually I'm choosing to have this because I want to lose some weight or I want to be healthier whatever it is you're working at and you can even say to yourself that if I want to have that tomorrow or in the future I absolutely can but right here today I'm choosing not to have it and I know that future me will be so thankful. Okay number two creating a better relationship with the scales and yourself. So a next step for this would be to observe how you feel next time you stand on the scales. Just observe the emotion that you feel and then remind yourself whether you feel happy or sad. That number does not determine my self-worth. I am an amazing person and fabulous human, no matter the number. Okay, number three, get comfortable feeling uncomfortable. And if you choose this as your one thing, I want you to think, I want you to pick, sorry, one thing to focus on accomplish that and then come back and choose another. If you pick get comfortable feeling uncomfortable, this looks like you noticing the emotion that comes before you feeling the urge or desire to eat and noticing how it feels in your body. Number four is eat to live and don't live to eat. So here you might ask yourself each day, what was great about my day? Even when you think your day was awful, find something great about it. Even if what was great about it is you being proud of how you managed your awful day and how you showed up for yourself. Number five, understand that you're always going to be learning through making mistakes and failing and that that is a good thing. And so if you pick this one, it may look like you changing how you think and feel about something you ate when you notice that voice in your head telling you that you shouldn't have had it. Okay. And so that's it for today. I hope you're having a great week and I look forward to talking to you next week. But before I go, please, please, I would love it if you could leave me a rating and review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, this is how you can do that. If you are on the view, the page view where all of the podcast episodes are listed, simply scroll down past about the first 10 episodes then you will see the ratings and reviews section and you can tap the stars to rate the podcast and you can click the write a review link to write a review this will take you less than a minute but it means that apple will show this podcast to more people who are looking for weight loss support and i want to reach and help as many people as possible now if you're listening on spotify you can rate the podcast simply by clicking on the three little dots in the top right corner of your phone and select the rate show option and of course if you're finding what I share here helpful then I would love you to give the podcast five stars and I just want to say thank you so much for listening and for being here and I look forward to talking to you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The programme offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach/coaching.